0: Hey, church, we're so glad you're with us this morning or today. Um, And uh, we're in our Multiply Faith Conversations series, and this is our first uh, session of this. And the theme that's going to be running through through each week is deconstructing religion, reconstructing relationship. And in this series, we really just want to have a conversation. So the series is going to have multiple people in it. You're going to see multiple faces where we're just talking. None of this is scripted. So we actually have no idea what each other is going to say. I know normally that's the case for Adam. You just have no idea what's going to come out of his mouth. (laughs) Uh, But this time, you have both of us. And I know what you're also thinking. Man, this is going to be a long conversation. And we're going to try to keep it good for you um, succinct enough. Um, But we do have a lot of topics we're going to get through today as we deal with a specific issue. Uh, or specific issues and and today our our kind of sub theme is um, well it's it's this idea we take the theme and put in the sub theme deconstructing religion reconstructing a relationship because this whole series has come off of a sermon content survey uh, where we surveyed the church and asked what you guys are dealing with what you're celebrating what you're struggling with what you're thinking through what what um what has uh, just uh, focused your thoughts of later, what's consumed them, what you dedicated your thoughts to, um, what you're wondering about the faith, what you're wondering about the world. And we've taken all the feedback that you've given us and created this six-week series out of it. Uh, we're not going to address everything that we got back from that, but hopefully we'll do that over a uh, series after this, um, subsequent series. Uh, but we're going to hit a lot of them in here, and uh, <laughs> or, or try to. And, and also, uh, we're not going to go super deep in all of these, because we actually are hitting, hitting quite a lot of topics. But our goal here isn't to tell you what to believe. Our goal here isn't to say, this is the thing, okay? There are certain things that we talk about that way. Uh, there are certain things we hold uh, tightly. But We also want to take uh, the theme of the scriptures of reasoning with God, of of approaching the throne of grace and mercy and justice, of knowing that God's God's thoughts are in our thoughts, that that His ways are in our ways, and we seek to come to Him that He may teach us His ways. This is all Isaiah, by the way. Isaiah fifty-five, Isaiah two, Isaiah one. Come, let's reason together. The Lord says, let's talk. Come to my to my mountain, come up the mountain that may teach you my ways, that you may walk in my paths. Uh, Isaiah 55 is the ways and the thoughts passage. And and so we really want to create an environment to where you can see a conversation happen uh, that isn't scripted, and it can equip and empower you to have those conversations. I know what you're thinking. Uh, Well, it's easy to have a conversation here because you guys know each other. You've been together for a while. Like... Uh, you probably think the exact same things on these topics. We actually don't know that. <laughs> A lot of these topics, we've we probably never really talked about all that deeply. Some of them we have. Um, and again, we don't actually know what each other's gonna say. So you might see some uh, different views here. You might see um, uh, some of the same views. What we want you to see most clearly is gentleness and respect as we talk to one another because that's what we want to equip and empower you with. We want you to see that, uh, guys, here's the thing. A lot of us, when we talk about these issues, and we're going to hit a whole bunch of different issues throughout these six weeks, we can't even talk to Christian brothers and sisters in gentleness and respect. So, we want you to at least be able to do that before you're released out into the world. And I get it sometimes it's easier to talk to the world about uh some of these topics than it is to talk about Christian brothers and sisters because sometimes I don't know, we just can be so polarized. Um, but hopefully, what you're gonna see here is is an environment where in the church, where we can talk about these things in gentleness and respect so that you can do that in the church and then out of the church because that's the goal up in and out right and and as we go into talking about deconstructing religion reconstructing relationship as as kind of this overarching theme um we just want you to know that trinity life uh, our relationships here in your r3 these are all safe places to reason together to talk with one another to express doubts to express questions to have those things um This church isn't one in which we're going to say, no, this is the only way on secondary and tertiary issues. We're going to stick to the core, Trinity, Jesus, cross, resurrection, virgin birth, like this core theology we'll talk about a little later, actually. Um, We're going to stick to those things. But guys, secondary, tertiary issues, that's what this whole series is about. And we're going to start talking about that. And we found in terms of deconstruction that a lot of times people aren't deconstructing Jesus they're deconstructing a religious understanding of Jesus perhaps but really they're deconstructing religion and what they've inherited from a uh just a, a an overly religious environment perhaps
1: yeah i definitely uh i was the series has been big on my heart for a number of reasons one i have some friends who are They're going through a deconstructing process and some have arrived on one side and they're you know have made declarations of of where they're at either out of the faith or some may stay in the faith it's actually served to bolster their faith some are kind of in the middle struggling through it and uh uh, and then i went and watched a whole bunch of stories of people's deconstruction there's been some celebrity pastors and all this stuff and and just some normal people you probably would have never heard of watch their testimony. And so a whole number of hours on these things. And uh, I think the biggest thing that happened for me through that is uh, my heart just grew for Mm. people who grew up in a religious environment. That wasn't me. And so like, I have nicknames for people who, Who grew up in that in that way, right? And you know, probably my, my harshest thoughts are are towards people who call themselves Christians and maybe grew up in the church, but in from my perspective, they're apathetic. They're kind of half in, half out, and uh, and I feel like it just grew so much more compassion for folks who who had that experience. It'd be wild to 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 inherit a set of beliefs and be in a community where it feels like everybody's in the same place and not know what to do Mm. and not know how to talk about it and uh so yeah so thanks for setting the foundation that that groundwork and we just really love you guys and we're excited for what can come out of this Um, so
0: yeah yeah and and what adam just shared i mean there's there's a whole spectrum there where you might be of where we both came from and uh we just want you to know that throughout the series you have space you have space to explore and to share. We're here for you to do that. Your R3s are there for you to do that. And um, and those R3s are spaces for you to, to um, just ask questions and really know why you believe what you believe. Um, and, uh, and, th- and that's the thing here. Uh, you're just exchanging sets of beliefs wherever you go in life. And so right now we're going to talk about we're going to talk about christian beliefs and biblical beliefs here and christian seems like uh, such a loaded word these days because so many people claim to be christians but don't live out the faith and follow jesus so we're going to talk about following jesus and and what that looks like in each of these things so let's let's kick it off here let's ding 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 gloves off right (laughs) yeah yeah round one (laughs) round one um uh, so, let's start with religions, because we've we've had a lot of questions from people on different religions. Like, how do I know Christianity is the quote-unquote right religion? How do I know this is the only way? What about other religions? Um, you know, what, what do I do with my doubts? Those, those types of questions that I think are mainly coming from people who have grown up in the church, um, who are inherited a set of beliefs from parents or they're in that type of community and now they're saying okay where where do I go from here how do I know this is what I should believe or what I even want to believe and why do I believe this so you got to a point in your life maybe where you realize you did not have an epistemological foundation you don't know why you believe what you believe you just had the what and you need the why and that's where a lot of questions come in and and we want to um, as, as a church not right now, um, but we want to help give you the why um, That's that's really a lot of what we do discovering identity and destiny in Christ. That is the why there's a lot of why in there, so Yeah, why don't you share a little bit about your journey with that as someone who didn't grow up in the church and and where you came from and I'll Share mine as someone who um, Kind of half grew up in the church. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my pleasure uh, so <clears throat>
0: part of, I mean, my journey,
1: everyone's faith journey is multifaceted, right? Intellectual, emotional, spiritual, there's, you know, there's something going on on so many levels. Um, Part of the intellectual journey uh, for me was definitely that this question, right? I mean, there's all these other religions out there and, you know, aren't I already a Christian? Like I celebrate Christmas, you know, maybe by the end of this, I become a buddhist like is, who is who's jesus santa claus <laughs> so, <laughs> <or> yeah so <laughs> or rabbit trails we could go on that for yeah, a while yeah. uh, <laughs> um and so i uh so at, through this the intellectual journey there's some arguments i found uh, you know compelling uh, just looking at general theology is a really high level um there's some emotional reasons uh, but You know, maybe one one good like intellectual reason for me was I I kind of you know you just kind of lay the basic ideas out on the table or at least I did and kind of looked at each each of them and it seemed to me to be two big categories right and and one is God's or sorry man's pursuit of God right like uh, which ends up in religious systems and earning favor and doing things in order to be more spiritual, etc., cetera, um, so that you can have the big reward at the end, right? Uh, and maybe even some sort of little reward right now, you know, like a spiritual high or experience or whatever. And then the the other category seem to be uh, God's pursuit of man. And there seem to be every religion, including Christianity, in the one category and only one, in the other category right and so intellectually that seemed to make sense to to me and be very compelling to me God is pursuing man man's pursuit of God is always going to fail and we see that all over the place including inside the Christian church right but if God really is the God of the scriptures who who sees all the problems that we face and is trying to to reconcile it all back to himself and like the thing that we all kind of really hope for, that we're longing for, he wants that. He wants his better version of that, even than we can we can't even conceive the best version of that, right? And uh and he's doing everything possible to make that happen. Um so intellectually it was like, wow, okay. So if those are the basic concepts and this one's only in this category, let's focus here for a while and see what happens. And the emotional side of it and spiritual side of it like followed along where like I had an encounter where I heard a voice, right? And I attributed that to be God's voice. Um, on numerous occasions, I heard this voice and, uh, started trusting it, right? Okay. This, Yeah, you know, first I didn't trust it, it was scary. <laughs> right. And then I started trusting it and I started learning about it. Right. It's almost like Abraham, right. Out of nowhere, like this lineage of disbelief. And all of a sudden, this God is talking to him and he's like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Do I trust this or not? Right. right. And, uh, and it just, since those moments, that's just been how I continue to live. And it seems compelling to me that God's been faith, that voice and that God that I've been learning about in this book has been faithful since then till Mm -hmm. now. And that doesn't mean everything's rainbows and lollipops all the time, but it means that it's good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you do then with, with doubts? Mm -hmm. I mean... You know you you talk about two different things intellectual and emotional or i should say sorry experiential mm-hmm. um so what do you do when there's doubts in there where it's like well um uh jesus says we're supposed to have the abundant life but i'm exper- i'm not doesn't feel like i'm experiencing that abundant life in this moment or in this thing or you know intellectually i don't quite grasp this thing and it and, a, and there's a question there. So what do you, what happens then? Yeah, that, that's good. I mean, I think uh,
1: I was blessed to, to like basically download a very robust theology very early on. And, and so I, uh, when a doubt comes, um, I think it's good to ask like what, what is the doubt? What is, it, what is really happening in this moment? Is it like a hard life circumstance like you just said god is good but there's bad happening what do i do is it like that and does it just feel really overbearing and god doesn't seem close in that moment or is it a true intellectual issue like you know this these parts of this book don't seem to interact well together intellectually and i've just i'm like i've studied for hours and hours and it's not making sense to me right so like what's the doubt uh is it a doubt that god's not real or that the the God that, that I was starting to interact with wasn't this God, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know if we analyze our doubts a lot, So, but I, I try and think of it that way. It's like, what's mm-hmm. really happening, you know? And uh, if it's an intellectual thing, go process with people, you know? That was really helpful. Start talking out loud about it, <laughs> you know? And, and study and research. Like I, after I heard God's voice, I literally like, closed the door of my beachside condo in Australia and like didn't emerge for weeks. And I just read and listened and like, pr- I was praying. It was like such a holistic experience of like tears and searching and, you know, uh, and, and just being open-handed with with what was out there in terms of other faiths or the Christian faith or, or whatnot. And, um, and so anyway, so if I find something that I'm really tripping on, just a lot of processing and waiting before I classify it as something like this is, you know, existentially breaking for me, you know? Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Have community help you, I guess. That's a good thing to do, but then, and here's, here's another one. Feel free to, and cause I did this a lot. And when something seems like it's pressing in or life seems hard, it's, it doesn't have to f- topple over the whole tower, you know? Like, which brick on the Jenga tower is this? Is this a middle brick, or is this a brick at the very bottom? You know, like a a Jesus brick. <laughs> like Jesus doesn't ex- never existed even. Right, right, right. Uh, or is this? All well, wrong, but I yeah, get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About the brick. Good clarification. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if it's tower toppling, you know, like just be patient and feel free to lay it out on the table and have a more holistic journey with it maybe if it's somewhere in the middle, you can be satisfied with just an intellectual journey with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if God really is speaking to us, if you're someone of faith and you have a relationship with God, then like, feel free to take some time with it, keep pursuing what's true, stay in community. doesn't mean you have to believe everything your friends tell you, right? They're going to, yeah, I don't know. So there's yeah. a bunch of thoughts. What do you think?
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. I think, um, and that, That resonates with my own experience, Um, you know, uh, so I, I became a follower of Jesus around the, around age 10. So I grew up half my childhood without my parents following Jesus, and then we kind of grew up in our faith together through my teenage years. That's so cool, by the way. And yeah, yeah, um, and, and so I saw complete change in their lives and in our household and and how they talked to me and how they disciplined us how they how they parented us how they how they even loved us and and their words and their actions and what now our lives were focused on and centered around whereas beforehand mission of god non-existent Um, now it was all that we did i mean the first thing we did was go into a church plan like and Help live out the mission of God through that. Those are my best memories, and so, um, uh, from the beginning, just seeing that life change and really, uh, I wouldn't have had this category then, but my spiritual authority, right? My parents, uh, seeing them totally shift and and change in that, was was um hugely impactful for me, which is what brought my sister and I to faith. And so when I started following Jesus. Because we grew up in our faith together too, it wasn't just an inherited set of beliefs. It was you now we're living this out together, working this out as a family. We're we're figuring this out, and and so Jesus was my life immediately at ten years old. And people ask me all the time, like about the Bible, you know, and um, about reading the Bible, and I'm like, well, I've been reading it since I was ten. Like literally, I would just read the Bible over and over again. So it's just it's just this this experience with god and and so my epistemological foundation isn't intellectual it's relational yeah. it's experiential it's it's i know that god like i know who he is and so when a doubt arises whether it's intellectual emotional experience whatever it is meant you know um uh why well, know god's good I just know he is. Mm -hmm. Even though I can't see it right now in this moment, maybe, I know he's good. And I trust that. And I trust his goodness over my own lack or over my own perceived goodness or over my own desires. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he's just. I know he's love. Like, those characteristics of God, I just know those things. So, have I had doubts? Have I had questions? Um, sure. But have they toppled the tower? Never. Mm-hmm. Um, have they, have they um, cracked, th- <coughs> cracked the foundation? No, because Jesus is the foundation. So you can't, you can't crack him. when um, I mean, he's the cornerstone, right? And I think oftentimes when the tower, sometimes the tower needs to topple because the cornerstone isn't Christ. Come on. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and, and sometimes guys, you just need to let that happen. And I know that's hard and it's it's like, "Oh, this is everything that I've known or I've been taught. But if Jesus isn't the cornerstone, you have aligned everything else in that foundation in your house with a different cornerstone, and so you're you're uh, at the at the very least you're, you have a leaning tower of Pisa right at the least <laughs> or you Give have me the Pisa, not the leaning tower <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um or you have like um uh yes yeah, like you have it's it's dilapidated at best um it looks like a jenga tower where there's just holes everywhere right and you just kept on building it and it's eventually gonna crumble um and or this is probably the worst thing your house is built on the sand as jesus says in matthew seven um and then the whole thing's just coming down so um so for 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 us then i think probably the this the summary of of this is like if the question is how do you know if christianity is the right religion well i don't know if that's the right i don't know if that's the right question i think um that's, that there's and i'm not saying don't explore that question because there's a lot of intellectual things you want to explore there um but the foundation of of that tower let's keep on let's keep going with that analogy is christ for me and 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 so um how do i know Christianity is the right religion well because i've heard god's voice i know jesus exists i know uh I'm and we can prove that historically, uh, but I know experientially that he's alive today. Now, we if we said Jesus existed and there's no resurrection, I mean this is a different conversation. Yeah. Um, and Paul had that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you <laughs> just read it in here. Yeah. Um he says in first Corinthians fifteen, our faith is futile. Uh, he says we're we're men uh most to be pitied. Yeah. Right? Uh like because you're living something that is a complete Uh, falsehood Um, because if Jesus didn't raise from the dead well then none of this matters it's all void Um, so uh, and so what what we I think probably the summation is we want to encourage you to experience Christ and maybe your your tower needs some pieces moved out maybe needs to crumble a bit uh, because you've been experiencing religion not relationship I know that's a cliche I know the church I know you've heard that before if you've been in in and around the church but it's a cliche because it's true I mean I don't I don't know how to, to say it like I wake up every morning thanking Jesus for that day and experiencing him before I step out of bed that morning I mean it's just uh i mean i experience him throughout the day we're experiencing in this moment together as we're talking about him um every time i open these pages of scripture i hear god's voice right and if you're listening on here and you're not a follower of jesus and you're like you hear god's voice like what are you saying like Mm -hmm. he speaks audibly well i mean you need drugs for that yeah (laughs) yeah i mean some sometimes um but uh, most times it's, it's through the word, it's through others, it's through thoughts, it's through just the spirit working in circumstances and, um, and, and different things. So, again, that's another, that's another conversation.
1: I love, I love what you said about sometimes the tower needs to fall over, and that was my experience of the faith that I had, even though I wasn't a person of mm. faith. Uh, we all walk around in this world with some kind of worldview some kind of way of interpreting things and, and ex- explaining morality or at least defining it. Right. Like how do you make a de- declaration that anything is good at all ever? Right. You're standing on something and like my tower fell over. I often describe it as like the f- very early on, like, you know, it's the floorboard of my life was pulled out from underneath me and I was falling, wow. you know, cause I didn't, I realized what I was standing on was so, thin so
0: wow and and if you're going through that if that is your situation uh, our church is here to help you through that and and our goal isn't to say uh, our goal isn't to tell you what to believe and you got (laughs) to believe these things now of course we're going to say we're going to talk about theology in a bit Um, there's things that we would say are absolute truths there's things that we would say we believe with without a shadow of a doubt or things that we hold to tightly um, but we're not going to force those beliefs onto you. Um, we want to create a space where you can explore that, and we're not going to budge on those either. Um, those things we do believe are the truth. Those things we have actually patterned and shaped our entire lives around. I, uh, and when, when I say we, I'm talking about Adam and I, our families. We have literally done that. We have said we believe this is so true that it's going to affect what type of job we take is going to affect where we live. It's going to affect how we spend our money. It's going to affect how we talk to our kids. It's going to affect how we build relationships in our community. It's going to affect what how we live. Yeah, it's going to do it. it. Jesus is our life. So, um, um, just want to be clear there for those of you who are Christians. Like, no, we're we're holding on to some these these truths there. Um, at the same time, uh, we're not in the business of forcing any to anybody to believe. Uh, those things that's that's um there's a long um abhorrent christian history of of that that we won't get into right now uh, and that's not us with
1: surprising characters that you would very very much like their theology but not appreciate their
0: practices in. right right all right so let's let's talk biblical interpretation let's go to this next next topic this is um, your brainchild yeah yeah <laughs> this is um you know this, some of the questions you guys gave us are what do we do with the old testament um, how should I understand and interpret the Old Testament uh, in light of the New Testament? There's there's so much there. Actually, we can't go into all of this um, right now. These are these are. There's been tomes of books and pages written on this topic. Uh, You've read them all. I've read. Yeah, I've read all of them. Yes. No. <laughs> and uh, we actually just finished going through. Through a whole biblical theology called God's story that that um, we've we've given to our leaders to teach them this, so that they can see how the entire scriptures work together. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you guys a few things here just to get you started uh, because I understand most of us spend our time in just you know this part of the Bible right here um, about yeah about that much. So and then you have all this right here. And you're wondering, okay, what do I do with that? When I read about um, these wars, when I read about uh, these just kind of, there's just some wild things in the Old Testament. Like if you put the Old Testament into a movie, it would be like rated R or like worse. It, <laughs> it would definitely be a Hollywood blockbuster. That's sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many good things here. I'm surprised Hollywood hasn't grasped onto it more. Um, they did that Noah movie with Russell Crowe few years ago which was horrendous um because it wasn't scriptural um they just like took all these liberties with it with myths and things anyways so um yeah i'm just want to give you guys a couple of things uh and then and then yeah we'll probably just move on to the next topic yeah. Um, yeah, i
1: only have one thing to say on this and, but it's not uh you yeah, like give the foundation first
0: yeah yeah so like like i was just saying um <clears throat> in order to understand it you're going to have to read it. And I know, especially in our culture these days, of immediate gratification, of, of um, microwave theology, <laughs> of, uh, you know, uh, Oh, how many tw- characters is it on tweet? One thirty, one sixty? I don't know.
1: Yeah, and if you're on TikTok now, it's
0: fifteen seconds 15 or sixty seconds. seconds. Right. Yeah. yeah, I've already taken up my fifteen seconds, <laughs> and I haven't given you, haven't <laughs> given you any answers, <laughs> and and so I know that we want the easy fix. Well, like I said, I've been reading this book since I was ten. I mean, think about that. Uh, that's thirty years like just reading this over and over, studying, reading it. I went to school for it. I have a couple of degrees on the book, right? So there's that too. Um, But those degrees, you'd be surprised at how much we actually spent in the scriptures in those degrees. Uh, It wasn't as much as you would think. Uh, But uh, uh, it would be inaccurate for me to say that they didn't equip me. So uh, those times in seminary did equip me uh in in understanding the scriptures more for sure um uh, because it was a dedicated time of just really exploring the text so the old testament in particular here's a broad framework for you okay this can be tough when you're reading different passages and you're not reading it broadly you're not reading it in larger chunks when you're reading it in different verses it's tough so much of the old testament is is narrative Um, which means it's a story form, which means if you only read verses here and there, especially in the Pentateuch, the first five books, um, you're missing the story, you're missing the narrative, you're missing the arc, and you can misinterpret the story so easily. It's not like the New Testament where you can take a command out of the New Testament, like, love your enemy, and you won't miss much of the context there like you know because that's a command well so much of the old testament is not that um and then a large chunk of it is poetry i don't know if you're if you're like me whenever i read poetry unless it's roses or red violets or blue like i have a hard time understanding it right and i read classical literature all the time but poetry i'm just like my brain doesn't work like that it's so it seems like so abstract to me or there's too many possibilities <laughs> yeah the rhythm. so um so the psalms uh that's that's, uh, that's extra work for me to interpret the psalms um but uh going back to the old testament there's so much in there guys but over the general thing i want to give you is this throughout the scriptures we're tracing the need and the uh the lineage and the anticipation of the messiah of someone to come and rescue us because things were great for the first two chapters of of this book then starting in chapter three on to the end it's it's sin sin has entered the world and uh it's it's corrupted us it's it's um it's tarnished the image of God in us. And, uh, but, but guys, here's the thing. That image is still there. The image isn't gone. It's just tarnished. And so, uh, I don't have time to talk about this, but uh, yeah, yeah, I won't go into that. I can't go into that now. Um, and, and we need a Messiah to come along to restore that image in us. And, um, and make us new creations in, in Christ Jesus, right? And so, so much of the Old Testament of the Hebrew Scriptures is showing us that need. It's showing us that, man, even, even when uh, we try our best to follow God, we fall short. Because we're still tarnished. Um, even when we try our best. And, and in the midst of that, God still chooses to work in us and through us and with us and for us. Like he's still doing that. He hasn't said, all right, see ya. You guys had your chances. He still approaches us. He still comes with us. Uh, he's still He's still there working through a people who's the fewest of all peoples who keeps on rejecting him in order to be a light to the nations, to the entire world. And so when you read the Old Testament, have that in the back of your mind, that this is showing us something about ourselves, that that we need this Savior. Um, and so when you actually read it in order, and you get to when Jesus shows up on the scene, in Matthew chapter 4 into chapter 5, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's like, I mean... Every time I read that, it like it's like it blows me back. Like it blows me away. Cause if you've read and you understand all that's come before that, when he says those words that it's finally here, it's like, oh man. Like
1: You can imagine the theme song that's playing in the background over that. Yeah, that. <laughs>
0: like he's walking, his hair's flowing back, explosions are going off when he says it. He's in slow motion now. <laughs> oh that's how hollywood would do it um uh, but it's this epic moment right it's such an epic moment so that's just what i want to give you with that we could talk about that for so much longer but that's we'll we'll just end in there on the old testament yeah
1: i I think there's maybe a couple options of how to approach it and um it's personified in this relationship interaction i had with my dad uh where we were talking about the scripture and he's he doesn't believe right he doesn't go to church, isn't all that stuff. Um, and I said, dad, when I, so when I read this book, you know, cause he asked, how do you, how do you even deal with all this stuff? You know? And I said, dad, when I read this book, I start at the beginning, Genesis one, one. And when it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I let that inform the whole rest of the book for me. Mm. Right. And so my discovery of who this God is, is building throughout the whole thing. And it's all layering on top of, of, of each other. Um, and he said, you can't do that. He said, I don't, I don't want to do that. I said, mm. what do you mean? Like, I'm trying to let the book stand for itself and not put myself on top of it. Yeah. I'm choosing to let it speak for itself and submit myself underneath it. And so you probably will have to land in one of those two camps at the end of the day. And so that's, yeah,
0: that's so good. Um, and uh, we've, uh, we talked about this in God's story. so I won't go into it too deeply. We don't have time either. But um, what Adam just said is so key, because if you haven't read the Bible like that, where, because you got to think about in the Old Testament, they're learning who this God is. And so there's this, there's this um, progressive revelation. There's this there's this Abraham comes out of a pagan polytheistic culture and we look at him with our lens we're like oh what an idiot what a dummy why doesn't he just trust God well he's learning Yahweh he's he's learning who this God is he doesn't even know him as Yahweh Uh, yeah that name doesn't even come into fruition until Moses in Exodus 3 right and he's just figuring out this relationship he's deconstructing
1: his old worldview
0: totally he's deconstructing (laughs) religion yeah yeah and 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 we see that we see that playing out so the bible isn't affirming abraham's mistakes and his and his um uh polyamory (laughs) and his um and his desire and or his mistakes to take god's promises into his own hands or his lying or his cheating or you know it's it it affirms him for the things where he reflects god um but abraham's in this walk just like we are so anyways we see that throughout so many of the saints as they're as they're learning um for us though as peter says so much of this was for our for us for our behalf and and we don't have as many excuses as those those people did uh just <laughs> land that all right yeah <laughs> yeah because uh, we have it all here guys so let's let's go on we're we we need to move through the next two things move quicker yeah. um that's my fault not your fault <laughs> all right um, we, we had
1: to put an intro at the beginning, so we get a little more time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to go on to theology here. And theology specifically in terms of uh, some of you guys have asked about theological systems like Calvinism, Arminianism. Uh, those aren't the only two, but those are the, the main ones that seem to make the headlines that people deal with. Um, and uh, and just how, how are we supposed to deal with these? How do we talk about them? Uh, those yeah all those things so for us as a church we have said this already but we major on the core issues Um, as far as I'm concerned I'd be happy to fellowship with any other Christian church Uh, like if uh, Grace Toronto uh, they baptize babies we don't um, or we 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 do a child dedication it's just a dry it's basically a dry baptism I mean, let's let's just let's just be, be real here. It's a dry baptism. They do the same thing. They just sprinkle water on the baby. Yeah, baptized by public <laughs> humiliation. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, that's a theological distinctive that separates us denominationally um, uh, or has a potential to, but in my mind, doesn't have to and doesn't really. Uh, and so I, like... Uh, be totally fine with doing anything with with them partnering with churches across the city um, I wish we didn't have so much splintering and separation in the church mm. and uh, I think from the outside that ch- people who see the church think like if you if if you wanted to explore Christianity where would you even start I'm like Calvin's Institutes yeah like where do I go what what books do I read? What church do I go to? Is like, well, the United Church has a lot of buildings and it has a good presence. Maybe I'll go there. And a lot of people would say, well, no, don't go there. That church, that church isn't doing so great. Or, I mean, the Catholics have been around for a while, right? So maybe I should try there. Um, and you would have your, people would have their own opinions of that. Um, uh, if you're brand new, you might not say, oh, there's a random church called Trinity Life that doesn't have a building, that doesn't have uh like why would you try you know it's it's led by these two handsome yeah. fellas <laughs> yeah that would be the only reason why you try <laughs> um so uh yeah from the outside Christianity can look so splintered which is so unfortunate and, and a large part of our vision our mission our strategy in, in this new era really this post-pandemic era is how do we be a church in the city more on that in a different in a different time but that's our hope that's our that's our dream we want to see a church united in the city can you imagine guys Um, right now we're scattered here and there but can you imagine if we were together Um, it's not going to happen in this generation probably but maybe we can set something up for generations to come and so when we talk about theology that's what we want to get back to we want to get back to unity right so these debates on calvinism arminianism theological systems uh spiritual gifts even which were let's just throw that in there um uh these are they can divide they're polarizing among us and guys we live in probably the most polarized time in all of history um and the church has to be different the church has to show unity we have to show this this camaraderie this this family and we don't and and so um i i get it a lot of these things when i was growing up in the faith um a lot of these issues you know throw in eschatology the study of the end times those are the exciting things to talk about right like the tribulation post-trip pre-trip post-millennial millennial. you know all. i'm not excited anymore yeah, yeah no me neither um guys in seminary we talked about all these issues do you know how many conversations i've Actually, had on Calvinism and Arminianism or or eschatology in the church in Toronto. Very few, like I can count them on one hand. Do you know how many I've had outside the church in Toronto? Less zero. Okay. Nobody's asking about Calvinism. Nobody's asking me about post-tribulation rapture, pre Like no one's asking me those. No one's saying, "Are you a cessationist or are you a um, the other end of the spectrum, whatever." That yeah, charismatic. <laughs> yeah, on on spiritual gifts o- outside the church. No one cares about those things, mm-hmm. um, and 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 so. But I get that we we do sometimes that we can talk through those um so i'm not saying don't care about those things don't hear me say that um, i'm saying let's let's reprioritize okay yeah. because uh when you do a theological triage uh think about an emergency room triage you want to you want to ta- attack uh, or you want to address the issues of most importance of primary importance and those issues are those core ones that we talked about. Trinity, virgin birth, cross, resurrection, um, Jesus is fully God, fully man. You know, there's some others, there's some others in there as well. Um, uh, and then you go to the secondary issues. That's in the next level, right? And, and depending on what, uh, what tradition you come from or, or how you're parsing out your, your theology, you may put different things in secondary or tertiary. Uh, you know, eschatology, your understanding of baptism, Um, your theory of the atonement um, your theological system your uh, spiritual gifts and your understanding of that Uh, issues come and disunity happens when you elevate a secondary or tertiary issue to a primary or core issue and that's when we start to have what that's where we can't talk in gentleness and respect and and uh so here's here's just something on theological systems i've always avoided them because i don't want to be boxed in to a man-made theological system um because it is it's it's man-made now now i i i do think that systems have value and that they can help us understand some things but because our, our 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 tendency as humans is to systematize things is to look for patterns we always look for patterns oh that happened because of this and this and that happened for a reason and um or that happened you know all this stuff um and a system tends to put us in a box. It's why we love personality tests. It's why we, people are all about that. Um, Cause you want to label yourself. It's why we're all about labels these days. Um, but I've always been, and I'm assuming you are too, a little bit of a rebel on that. And like, you ain't gonna box me in. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty hard eight Enneagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But don't the put the me in a box. Challenger. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Adam would burn that box down before you put it over his head. <laughs> like, so um, so you can take value out of these things, um, but also, uh, here's another thing, as you grow up in the faith, because um, I didn't, uh, uh, I'm, yeah, how, how should I say this? Yeah, as you grow up in the faith, guys, a lot of those beliefs will change. Mm-hmm. And I know if you're in your 20s in particular, Um, that's where I was, uh, at this stage, uh, anyways, and a lot of 20 year olds in their 20s I talk to are at this stage. Um, I say that and you're like, nope, not going to change. I believe that these spiritual gifts don't exist and these do. I'm not ever going to change on that. Well, I was like that in my 20s too. And, um, and you're like, well, you're weak. Well, no, um, I realized That when my core theology is this big my love for others is this big but when my core theology is like this my love for others is like this and and so does that mean you have
1: a weak small faith
0: yes (laughs) no (laughs) no we can think that right so i could keep my
1: core theology small it's like oh you're so weak then why don't you stand on truth or something like that
0: yeah and that's where so much of the world sees our certainty on um, speculative theology and they say I don't want that and it becomes a sin it it becomes the sin of certainty where we're so certain that um, it has to be this way that Jesus come back at this time or we're so certain that you know Name your name your thing, that baptism has to happen like this.
1: Um it has to be total depravity. It has to be irresistible grace.
0: Yeah, yeah, it has it has to be, yeah. All those tulip tulip um, uh, statements. Uh and and we forget that actually aside from the core, I'm not certain on most things. And growing up in the faith just made me okay with that when i matured in my faith it made me say yeah i'm okay with that whereas i think when i was in my 20s i wasn't mm-hmm. i thought i had to be certain and i hurt a lot of people that way um and i've had to repent for that and pray for those people over and over again just because i don't know what happened to them mm-hmm. um and uh and we don't want that for you guys so as you explore your faith you want to be open to uh like and that's the key right the i'm just saying like don't close off the spirit Mm -hmm. i just be open to whatever he wants to give you now if you want to say yeah i'm gonna close off these spiritual gifts or i'm i'm gonna like take out these things well and you're gonna be certain on that when it's not core i mean i don't know that's that's your prerogative but I mean, for me, I want to say, Spirit, here I am. You teach me. You you help me understand more of your ways and your thoughts than I ever had before. And you have that passage in Isaiah 55 that we started out with. But then in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, you have the mind of Christ. And so now, we can understand his ways. We can understand his thoughts. They can be our ways and our thoughts. Um but it only happens if we open ourselves up to that. Mm-hmm.
1: I, th- I was trying to like understand this tendency. And I, I had this tendency early on, like I was like, Oh, you know, this seems very true. So I'll align myself here, you know? Um, and I, I was, I was praying through this and praying for you guys and just praying over my own heart and was like, you know, I think I th- like we're trying to understand this voice that's like Abraham that comes out of nowhere, sends us on an amazing mission for our thriving and joy. And the way we conceptualize it is so attached to the experience of it. And I was like, for me, like hearing that voice changed everything for me, like healed my soul in ways that are like unexplainable and life-changing. And my conceptualization of that God was building in a certain way And I was like, so my, my compassionate understanding of that experience is like people are so attached to those truths because they think that's the, maybe the fullness of the God that they've encountered. And I was like, I think over time, my heart's like, my heart's opened to how this amazing God interacts with the world and his creation. And that opens up the doors on the theological side too. Um, and maybe that's why like over time we're more open to change because we experience more of this God, you know, I don't know.
0: Love that. That's really good. Um, and so there's freedom to talk about these things guys. I'll, I'll talk to you about theological systems. Adam will talk to you about that. We can, I actually love talking about it. Like I love talking. I can talk about theology all night. Like we could both do that. So we're not saying don't explore, don't figure those things out. Um, you bring the beer though. yeah yeah and we're here to help you with that we can sit around the campfire um like uh so know that um we are a church who does want to talk about those things and and we can talk about them deeply um uh at the same time just off of what adam said we'll close with this um, think about peter he was with jesus jesus god who stepped out of heaven came down he was with him, living with him for three years or so. Um, and then was one of the first people to experience the fullness of the spirit. He sees people like thousands come to faith. Um, and he's uneducated. He's, he's done some stupid things. He's, he's still not Peter. <laughs> he still has this prejudice even in him. This this almost racism you can even call it with between Jews and Gentiles that you see played out in Acts 15 and Galatians chapter 2 where Paul actually has to rebuke him for it born out of his theology born out of his theology and guys this is Peter the Apostle Peter the the guy who who uh, is the rock the guy who has um, who God's using to um, help build the church in those early early days Um, and he has this experience in Acts chapter 10 and it's his experience where he's still so focused on this, on these, on this, his systematic theology, essentially. Um, he's still focused on that. And that's, uh, I wish I could have hit systematic theology. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, because uh, I'll just say real quick, that's the problem. We've skipped biblical interpretation and hermeneutics. We've skipped biblical theology. We just go to systematic theology on the theological pyramid. We don't have any historical theology. And we don't have any practical theology. <laughs> and so we're just majoring on the middle of the pyramid in systematic theology. And we're stuck on these systems. Anyways, that's <laughs> that's where Peter was, right? And Acts 10 happens. He has this experience. He's experiencing God and he's experiencing Jesus more fully he says the sheet from heaven where the what's unclean isn't made clean and Jesus says don't you think I've made all that clean and then he goes and he's experiencing the spirit coming on the Gentiles with Cornelius and and those guys and and it's through experiences uh, when you experience God and you're more in relationship with him you've deconstructed your religious your systematic theology um and you're experiencing Jesus that you get open up to the possibilities of of what can actually be and and this abundant life that we talked about. So um, yeah, we just want to leave you guys with that and um, and yeah, pray it out over you guys. So why don't can you bless? I, can them I give an
1: invitation and a prayer? Definitely. We we talk so much about experience, and if you're like, I just haven't had that experience, just want to invite you into our community to have that experience. And not that you need Definitely. it in our community, but we'd love to to be able to walk with you, uh, as you seek to experience God. And, uh, so let me pray for us. Yeah. Um, God, this is, is just so beautiful how you interact with us and the world. And so make us more open-handed, um, grow our hearts. Like Mike said, um, may, may the center of our being, um, be big and open to love and sacrifice, uh, in the way that you have, um, based on who you are and, uh, and not some small things that, that we've, we found laying on the ground when we were 18 and we think it's everything, uh, the best thing since sliced bread. And so, um, for those who are searching, would you, um, (laughs) yeah, you're going to be who you are. I just, just thank you for being who you are to those who are searching and, uh, whatever part you want our community to play, would we be open and ready? And for those who are watching, who are searching, um, they would be open and ready. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Jesus, for loving us. We pray this in your name. Amen.